Welcome back. Thank you for joining me on the second part of this transformation series I'm doing in Transformation We Trust. And this week I'm talking about co-creation and intelligent design. And this is important because I think this is where we really get to see how we how we lean into life whether we trust the outcome and the process and where perhaps we're still a little pensive or a little skeptical and I find this is like the tipping point or the flip over point of going from surviving to thriving and part of it is as I mentioned in last episode about perspectivizing and choosing how we see our experience and so with co-creation and intelligent design it opens up the possibility that we are the architect of our life and there are factors that are unseen that we you know can attempt to calculate in the equation but we don't actually fully have a guarantee or a you know completely calculated outcome there is you know the the extra variable that we cannot equate for and this means that we can choose but there's again always that unknown variable metaphorically speaking this is the invisible player the co-creator the great composer right the orchestra orchestrator sorry of the effect of the cause right so when when you make a move this is the cause and then there's an effect that comes after the cause and then you get to continually choosing so life is really about choices and pivots right and so i like the mystery about that i it keeps it fun for me this is where i see the convergence of science and spirituality and where science can take over so much of the explanation for the unseen for the unseen variables um, and it's beautiful in the sense that we figured out how to look at things in an experimental way and in creating a hypothesis and, and testing out the theory right but ultimately the invisible aspect or the effect uh, the the other side of it that we try to account for we don't fully know we don't fully understand and that's what makes it both exciting and terrifying all at the same moment so we and this is why i like the idea of spirituality i think people get caught up in this idea of spirituality and unfortunately we've been um, socialized to think about spirituality as basically religion when it's it's really not spirituality for me is you know your connection to what is unseen your connection to the faith and trust that there is a certain amount of benevolence um your how you actually deal with this unseen variable is your spirituality how do you deal with um this the energetic side of life how do you see it do you see it as hopeless and um always out to get you or do you see it as full of potential um you know when we look at the natural world and, and seeds you know germinating or the caterpillar turning into the butterfly ultimately these things 
turn out for the better in many cases like they end up growing they end up transforming right and there's a whole lot of faith and trust whether that's conscious or not the process continues to transform and evolve so this unseen variable in terms of you know how we understand this scientifically we see the concept for instance of friction of resistance of momentum But when we really think about it, it is the unseen, the element of the unseen. We account for it. We rely on it. But this is the part of co-creation that, the part of the co-creative process that is like the chess game, the chess game of life, right? We move, we make a move, we move our guy, the grid shifts, the other players move. We move again, choice after choice, pivot after pivot. This is the... This is the grand game, if you will. And I remember being in philosophy class and being just sitting with my thoughts and letting them just go and thinking about cause and effect and just allowing it to go all the way down a trail, like taking one specific instance and really just allowing it to go down this whole trail and thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many variables you couldn't even... There's, you know, multiple variables per person, per action, per experience, per background, per, like, there's literally no way you could account for the vast amount of shifting that happens when one decision is made. And that's when I understood the connection, that we are all connected, like, we are all connected in this fabric or this, like, imagine it like a sea of energy and one shift creates a ripple and we're all shifting all the time in every moment and when you think about it like that it's it it could blow your mind like it's very there's a lot of freedom in that perspective and then there's a lot of pressure or there's a lot of like holy i can't i can barely grasp that the the bigness of what that actually means so when we talk about the fact that we're all connected, this means that we're all connected in a river or an ocean or sea, however you want to look at that metaphor, of cause and effect. And we all affect one another. The person who, you know, cuts you off in the morning affects you. Whether it's just for a short moment, the energy affects you. Um, it's funny, bless my husband, he has this really unique way of looking at it. Anytime he's cut off on the road, anytime there's any example of road rage happening around him or to him, bless him, he deals with it in a way that, oh, that person must be in a rush. So he like rinses it. He's got an amazing emotional metabolism, an energetic metabolism, like it goes through him and he rinses it and he's not holding on to it. There's no residue, he's moving on, he's moving beyond it, it does not sit in his system, right? And this is one of the beautiful things about being in partnership is that you get to learn from the other person. You get to learn the tools that they've learned. You get to look at their skill sets and their strategies. And if they've determined one that seems more efficient and effective, you get to apply it to your life if you learn it and embody it. Um, But understanding that we are all connected in this way, like I'm not really into bringing in you know, religious parables, but when we think of the idea of turning the other cheek, I remember listening to that story of turning the other cheek and thinking of the initial slap and and then thinking about that in a sort of a scientific 
momentous way and the friction that that created and the ripple effect that, that created and if somebody at one point had just observed absorbed the initial slap and been like do you know what that first infraction I'll just absorb it I get it I understand it it wasn't too hard for me to absorb but I'm gonna turn the other cheek and it's not that big of a deal but we got to a point where we couldn't absorb it the infractions became so big the hurt became so big and here we are passing around hurt like a hot potato you know like it's a domino effect but the wonderful thing is we also pass around positive effects like pay it forward became such an incredible um, an incredible gift to think about paying it forward or random act of kindness my my oldest son was born on random act of kindness day and that was such an incredible thing to to note like that was so cool for me to see because i believe in the power of it and i believe that when you partner with that type of energy it goes to work on your behalf so understanding cause and effect in philosophy was like crazy for me and I start to see that there is this effect aspect and sometimes we could never anticipate the effect of our actions sometimes we can we have the foresight to really see how they can um, create a ripple effect or they manifest in the world around us Um, but it, it is the constant reminder that we are all connected right and you get to choose whether you trust in the overall game of life or whether the unseen happenings are out of out to get you or out of your control whether you know the floor is lava or the floor is something different than that the floor is you know crystal blue water like you get to perspectivize and yes some things do feel inherently bad and negative i'm not going to say that there aren't horrible terrible things that happen to people but it's it's really how we choose to see that but because we are living in a free will experience where what we get to choose is our next choice and our pivots we don't necessarily get to choose the effect or the consequence of our choices but we get to choose the next choice that we make we get to choose to pivot we get to choose to perspectivize we get to choose to take in every experience and decide how we program it into our vessel so i've decided that much of the experience that i go through that isn't necessarily comfortable is still adding to the richness is still adding to the fullness is still adding to the tapestry of my life and that is one way at how i continue to bring into the fold every experience i have churn it through my system and release it, rinse it, not necessarily hold on to anything um, in a traumatic way. And so I believe that this is one of the tools that we get to, or one of the strategies we get to take on as we flip over from surviving to thriving. And it's not to say there won't be more uh, instances in the future where it certainly feels like we have to survive something, but we get to a point within the process or a point within the experience where we can flip over into thriving. We have that option. And so we get to choose whether we trust in the overall game of life, right? Or whether we decide that it's terrifying and horrible. 
we really do get that choice. So they ask, what is your aim? What are you shooting for? I love astrology. I like looking to the archetypal um, perspective of astrology and the wheel and the cycle and the understanding of where we are versus where we're heading. I, I like looking at all that. So in this, I, I'm reminded of, or I, what comes to mind is Sagittarius, the spiritual fire sign, the archer. Where are you setting your heights? Where are you, where are you pointing your bow and arrow? To what new heights or horizons are you reaching for, right? Where are you going to aim your vision when you have an experience that seems to rock your foundation a little? And remembering that, again, we're part of our macro experience is also part of the micro, sorry, our micro experience is also a part of the macro experience. Right? We are part of the greater fabric. We are all connected. We are all co-creating this experience right now. And what we choose to believe in, participate in, feed energy to is what we're collectively experiencing. And it becomes really profound when you can see the connections between the individual choices at large and how they create the overall experience like how we define something, how we choose to experience something, how we, you know, choose to see something, label something, participate in that really is how we experience it. And for some, we might, you know, not want to consider something inherently negative. But if the majority of of the culture sees it as negative, well, it certainly becomes something that is, um, rejected as opposed to accepted so we are connected whether we want to come to terms with that or not and so there's really this call to this compelling call to really think about how we individually navigate with reverence and respect for the communities that we live in and the people we love and how we affect one another generally without also sublimating our individual experiences and and really stuffing down what we're here to experience. So that's that's like the fine line, that's the razor's edge that we walk. And I say razor's edge not necessarily in a negative way, but in more of a, it really is a fine line between walking your truth and your purpose and your path with your vision and your hopes and your desires while maintaining your connection to the collective, knowing, knowing undoubtedly that through cause and effect, we do uh, affect one another. We are part of this fabric. So and maintain that vision. It's like a sea, right? We can't separate the drop from it. We can't separate out of it. It is already connected, whether we want to, you know, admit to it or not. So this this pendulum, this pendulum that we swing between individual and community, um, we really look at, well, what, what lights me up? What, what would I create? And what would I want to see for myself and my communities given the option? And this is where I feel like this intelligent design, this co-creation aspect uh, really comes into play. So for me, I use this as a guiding understanding in that 
Well, now that I understand that I affect the collective and I am in charge of my experience and my perspective, what next? What do I want to create? Do I see examples of this around me, big or small? What am I aiming for? What do I want? And that's where flipping from surviving to thriving, you become the architect, you become the designer. And when you can have full faith that whatever effort or energy you put in is matched and you get out, you just don't know how it's coming back to you and what way it will be configured, becomes the mystery, becomes the the exciting part. Of, of living it becomes sort of the gift of life when you can trust in your your euchre partner's hand that they have cards and they want to win just as much as you do you know that's that's when things become really fun and really exciting knowing that everybody else is affecting your world around you as well so sometimes I know in terms of faith and trust we can get kind of bogged down in the negative things that are happening around us and start to think that the design of the overall game is negative and I say game not as in you know a negative matrixy sense but more in the overall point of life overall point of even just being here I see that when you go in from go from surviving to thriving life becomes a game a fun game that you can enjoy and you can lean into enjoying and it does not mean there won't be challenges that's why it is such an involved exciting game but when you can flip into that perspective you can start to really feel your inner power come come to harvest and you can really start to feel that you are in charge of a large portion of it and by the very nature of what you put in you get out then you can depend on the fact that whatever you're putting in whatever energy you're giving in you will get back and you can depend on the fact that your partner wants to win just as much as you do in terms of winning I mean wants to have an excellent thriving life that you can savor if that's the energy you're putting in that's what you're gonna get back and you might not experience that all the time because again we are living on this planet with seven billion people with seven billion different agendas with seven different billion experiences backgrounds pain points pride points desires hopes dreams and so that's why what we see is so varied and vast but I also think that's what makes it so interesting and incredible and if it were too easy we wouldn't be engaged we wouldn't enjoy it so to wake up to this understanding of being the architect of your life and being able to ride the waves in the way that you choose and it takes practice getting strong and it takes practice you know with your emotional and energetic metabolism and and really crushing the waves as they come towards you it takes practice and it's like a white water rafting and once you get you know your feet underneath you or once you get proficient it actually becomes really fun and it becomes really interesting to observe what you put out as it comes back to you and when you start to be able to mold your life in those ways it's so exciting it's so fun and this is why I have such a a hope and an excitement for what's to come because I've been able to practice this, embody this, and really see this energy play out in my life. It's not just a um, theoretical thing for me. It's an actual practice that I'm committed to every day and it just, the proof is in the pudding. It, It shows 
it shows the more I put in, the more I get out. And so that's my take on co-creation and intelligent design. And, and when I say it really shows where you're at in terms of your faith in your experience, your knowing that you know, the world is actually a sweet place. I, a few episodes back, I read a, a Kurt Vonnegut poem and it's called Be Soft. Look it up. It's, it's a wonderful poem. And it ends with the world is actually, you know, a beautiful place. And I come to that time and time again. Every time I go through a transition, every time I go through some sort of pain in my life, I'm reminded at the beauty of this game if I'm willing to reach for that perspective. And sometimes I'll tell you it is it is a reach. Um, but I'm glad to be here with you all doing it. It, it, sort of, it certainly is the trip of a lifetime. So thank you for joining me on today's discussion of co-creating intelligent design. I hope, if anything, you feel empowered because we all have this ability. We all have the ability to come here and create we weren't you know we didn't come here to have a horrible existence of you know not enjoying it and when we can see that there's the potential to really sink your teeth in and get the most out of life it really does become fun it really does become quite a ride so again thank you next week i'll be talking about um next podcast i suppose i'll be talking about the great work Um, so digging in, doing the work, what happens when you go through, um, a rough patch or, or when you're whitewater rafting and you hit some rapids that seem almost too big and you question for a minute or two, whether you're going to get through it. So that's what next week I'll be looking at. Some call it the dark night of the soul. Some call it spiritual awakening. Some call it transformation. Some call it rebirth. Um, reinvention, evolution, whatever you want to call it. When we, when the proverbial S hits the fan, what, uh, how do we, how do we make lemonade from these lemons? So that's, that's next time. Thank you very much for joining me.